0: schwartzy in there yes
1: people
2: people won't listen if you stop saying that people would listen a lot more if i'd stop saying probably (laughs) they're stuck with me so here we are (laughs) we got somebody in the house with this and and uh before you introduce her and you got a lot of good notes i'm gonna observe in our camera here behind her there are a lot of books and i'm and I know that we have a highly intelligent person with us today that's going to help us immensely, so who do we have
0: well first but first of all willie you you have your way most of the time here, so this is a this is a situation where we're going to send you off in the corner while me and Miss Adrian are going to I, have a visit okay
2: i I can't wait, I'm just going to sit. I'll do my best. I was going to promise I'd sit and listen, but I'll do my best to sit and listen. I may bubble up every now and then. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: who do we have? We've got none other than, than um, Dr. Adrian Kittredge from all the way from Cascade, Montana. We've got Willie in the wilds of West Texas, and we've got Carrie in the mountains of Idaho. and And through the miracle of technology, we've got Dr. Kittredge from Cascade, Montana, um, which is where you grew up, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. Back to the their natal spawning grounds. for a while, but
1: then came back. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I met I met Dr. Kittredge. We we'll refer to her as Cindy, though she says that to us uh, us folks here, she she prefers Cindy, and uh, which is. Uh, the moniker she's had for most of her adult life, so that's cool. But she was born and raised there in, in the Great Plains uh, that rise up to meet the Rocky Mountains. And as a young woman, she felt the need to escape from that ruralness and that one-room schoolhouse. That must have been a cool experience to reach out to that wider world. and, and uh, you lived and worked in Virginia, to Arizona, Wisconsin, to Washington. And uh, wound up with uh, an advanced degree, and maybe more than one advanced degree. I'm not sure, but uh, you wound you wound up back in your your native Montana, and uh, you've been kind of traveling around in the region. I know you've shown up in Idaho a number of times, teaching what what you've. You've coined a term, at least that's, I've never heard it before, called entrepreneurship, And it's a combination of art. I just
1: mashed two words together.
0: Well, you, we'll credit you with coining a new, new word. And, uh, that does, that does bring up, uh, uh, question I've got written up here that we'll, we'll deal with later on that, that interplay, that, that combination of art and entrepreneurial skills which are often uh, mutually exclusive (laughs) way too many times so welcome to the show cindy
1: thank you i really appreciate you asking me to join you thank you
0: well it's a pleasure to have you and and uh so, first of all, one of the one of the things that that comes to mind for me is, as you've traveled around, what what is uh, some of the the greatest challenges that craftsmen and artists encounter in their in their careers in their lives? Do you have a, a sense of what those great greater challenges say? The top three challenges <laughs> that they face.
1: Um, Well, I I think right in the front of my head right this moment is the the ability to speak with clarity about what they do um, and and what they make, especially what they make, uh, because they're used to the object that they make or the art they create carrying the message. Of of if it's functional art, the function of what it's supposed to do, and they understand that, and so why? What is there to really explain? And mm-hmm. and from that comes that I think a reticence to um, also um, have themselves in the center of the limelight, maybe too much, and um, there's a natural humility about the skill with which they work. And that gets to the second point, I think that they struggle with, um, that we all struggle with, no matter what we do, um, is really putting value, a value on what we do um, and seeing that it has something, that we have a unique voice. And that voice that pushes us to create um, is unlike what how anybody else's voice is because we each have an individual perception of our context, of what mm-hmm. we're in and that what what surrounds us. And so our interpretation of that and how we handle that in what we make or what we do, um, that becomes difficult sometimes to talk about. Um, so that ability to talk with clarity, and to value um, what, what your work is, not your job, but your work, that all becomes part of the mix of the problem, I think. Not, so and it's not a problem in a way. It's an opportunity, I should say, because it, it's a chance to learn a, a, a different part of what we're surrounded by.
2: Totally. I totally agree, Cindy. See it all the time. See it all. I feel it all the
1: time. Yeah, it it's one of those things, I think, um, even in, you know, I've been writing for a long, long time. And even every time I write something, I second guess it. And sure. I wonder, is this going to do, is this going to carry what I want it to say and that's sometimes difficult to figure out um
2: we we do that in our designs right is it, whether you're writing or designing a bit or spur or saddle as we do is like you, so you're saying articulate well why don't people understand what why can't they read our mind right if we did it how come <laughs> they can't see it right and
1: exactly and so. yeah because you're like for example um well, Carrie mentioned the braiders that I, I spoke with. Mm-hmm. Um, they they braid beautifully. they they know that, they understand that and they say they have a pair of reins that they're trying to sell. And they're used to people understanding the value of mm-hmm. the work that went into that and what that means in how long that will last. And what it will do, what it won't do, what you can do with it, what you can't do with it. But that's very different to sell to that kind of customer than to sell it to a customer who maybe would appreciate, this sounds really silly, but a set of reins coiled and beautifully put into a shadow box Mm -hmm. and that hang on the wall because they're so special.
2: Absolutely. And, and I say all the time that we have to, we have to uh, obtain the interest and respect of that first individual in order to get to the second individual that's going to hang it in a display case on the wall. So you ha- you have, to, and then you have to help that person understand how to tell the story of the West in the case on the wall. You, it, you have to hit all of it or you're not going to get, you can get the first one, with, with proper education and, and effort, but you're not going to get the second one unless you have the first one.
1: Exactly. Um, and,
2: and, and unless you help them, right. Yeah. Ha- and help them understand how the West is. I, I have a, a Carrie, I'm, I'm talking again. I'm sorry. But no, I, I like that.
1: <laughs> I like to hear that.
2: <laughs> so I have, I have a recent example to, to, to tell you that a, a close friend, close collector was looking at a pair of spurs I had for $24,500 And he said, man, I didn't know those were still available. Those are beautiful. Uh, How much are they? And I told him and he said, well, dang, I can't tell the difference between those and the $12,000 ones that I've been purchasing lately. So that's another example of having to articulate and understand and tell them what the heck is going on. And and, uh, at first it hurt my feelings. I was like, how come he can't tell the difference? Well, it's not his fault. It's mine. I'm the one that has to articulate and start to explain what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So many different facets of the, those two statements you made there. <laughs> There's a lot mm-hmm. going on.
0: Now, I, your turn. I, I think you you nailed it, Cindy. That you you didn't use the, your the the word introvert. We have many times to mm. describe <laughs> ourselves, but but it's baked in the cake, right? We're yeah. we're not the type to stand up in a room and say, "Look at me and look what I'm doing." There's this this uh, kind of exactly. this innate humility as you you describe it that's a part and parcel of of what we do and and uh so it's pretty much a miracle that we're on a podcast talking about this because (laughs) it, Mm -hmm. it could be thousands of people listening in and stuff and but uh and we've talked about this before one of the things that that I've looked back and, and has been so beneficial for me as being part of a Toastmasters club. This has been 30 years ago, 25, 30 years ago and stuff. And at the time I knew that it was gonna help me, but I had no idea to what extent that it would yeah. and helping yeah. me with my communication skills. Cause that's really what you're talking about, right? Is developing exactly. communication exactly. skills.
1: I was, I was very fortunate. I'm, I'm the world's best introvert. I love being in my studio in the middle of big space where I don't, I, I don't, um, I I get my energy from internally, not, not from the people that I'm surrounded by necessarily, except I love to interact with people when it's, uh, when it's sort of, um, contained let me put it that way and and so my parents had noticed that and they not didn't just suggest they told me i had to when i was in high school try out for the high school speech team and when i did that it was the best experience i've ever been through and it was the practice of doing That standing up time after time after time and almost being made physically ill by it, Mm -hmm. that I came out of it being able to talk um, to big crowds of people or to little groups or one-on-one. And it pulled me out of that um, intensely quiet corner where I love to observe people from. So I I think you're right about the practice. You both have the idea of what the practice of that does of talking um, to others about what you do, um, and there's different styles and different ways of doing that, and that's all fine. That's part of that's part of your brand, and that's good. So uh, it's just that you that the the person who's making has to be able to talk to others about or write. That's the other thing. Talk or write about mm-hmm. what they do.
2: I'm not so.
0: I can just I'd, imagine other people. Talk. Go Wait, ahead. David. Go ahead, Willie.
2: Well, I just, I'd much rather, I'd much rather talk than write. So that and brand, <laughs> you said the brand word, right? So the brand, yeah. Who's your brand? The style. That's, that's very interesting well we've we've talked often about say, uh, providing
0: a, a story or a narrative about our work and, and uh, in our world, how we connect mm-hmm. it back to our western heritage and, and all of that kind of stuff and uh, so do you think it's it's Cindy, do you think it's more important now uh, in our day and time to be able to do that than, say, a hundred years ago? You think those those the dynamics a have changed question. in culture? Uh,
1: I think, in, yeah, okay. um, it's because we have to know how to speak across cultures. Um, there's a fancy term for it called cross-cultural co- communication, and it's a whole area of effort. Um, and I and I think in a way we have to realize there are we we don't live just in a, a monoculture. We have the diversity in our culture is what really um, is exciting. and, and be, but because of that, we have to reach out and be willing to share a little bit of us and what what we find special, because um, our voices and how we put our voice, to physical form, you all, you carry do it in a um, uh, a saddle, and Wilson does it with his spurs and bits, right? Mm-hmm. So your voice gains a physical form in what you make, and mm-hmm. and that carries your what's happening inside of you and what's pushing to get out, and that voice. Um, is is an important. Th- it's important to remember that each of us uh, is very unique in in what how we're seeing things and how we're reacting to them. So um, I, it probably is more important now. As I think about it, and we're talking about this, it's probably even more important now than it was a hundred years ago because a hundred years ago. Uh, we didn't have all the fuzz in the background and the chatter and the tapping on the shoulder uh have you heard this uh do you need to go there uh you need to be up on your plan the, all that kind of internal chatter and outside chatter that we get and and I think that that um can make our message get lost if we're if we're too quiet. <laughs> Let me put it that way um
0: it is the best of times and the worst of times. Uh, it's mm-hmm. easy to get lost in that clutter. As we know, with the advent of the internet, we've got, we're, yeah. we're subjected to what, five times the amount of information we were, uh, 40 years ago. <clears throat> right. And, uh, so, but it also creates opportunity. We have opportunity to do right. exactly what we're doing right now to try to, try mm-hmm. to get our Western heritage out there, visible. Uh, relevant and robust, all of that kind of stuff that, that I think there's tremendous opportunity. But Well, I, but I right. think
1: we each have, each of us, each of us has um, the ability and each of us has the, we need to help teach others in a way. That's what mm-hmm. we're doing is helping others learn because human beings are really incredible um, creatures, uh, in, mm. in the thirst to learn more. And, and so I think that becomes our worst enemy at times, but it also can be, um, uh, it can be our gift. And, and I think that if we use it as our gift, that we want to help other people learn about what we, what we do, how we do it, how we live, um, and, and maybe be very wise in what we do what we bring into that culture in a way, ha- it has to be part of it. Um, like, for example, there's this current view or idea, it seems to be in, in the media of numbers are what really count for everything. And so the bigger the number, the, the more value something carries. That's all well and good. But what balances that is that effort that you put in, the work that you do, the step by step progress that's made um, is what becomes really important because it's that long term everyday making a bit more progress, a bit more progress and And I think too often in in current in our current situation, there's a lot of messaging that you need to make. Um, advancement fast, and one of my one of my favorite. I'm not a sports fan <laughs> necessarily, but the movie Moneyball is a really good example of that um, concept of it's not the home run that counts as much as getting on base, because mm-hmm. if you get on base, you can make progress. If everybody is working together to make incremental steps, it, hmm. it shows in the end.
2: Absolutely. So got it's not question. about the 45. It's, it's, go ahead, Kay.
0: Question for, for, for you, Cindy, do you think Americans or North Americans or perhaps even people in western civilization as we know it kind of writ large are starved for hands-on accomplishments
1: yes i i think they they feel the need to you know there's that marriage you know from 4-h days head heart hands you know mm-hmm. that that whole grouping we, we feel this need to make in fact you're gonna laugh when I tell you this. I just came home with a leather sewing machine <laughs> from Ario's Saddlery um, that was gifted to me, and and I, I it, it is so dear to me because I used to tag along with my dad to Ario's. And he'd go back in the back within the saddle shop and he'd talk to people like Earl Haggerty and the people that were back in the saddle shop. And, And the smell of the leather and being around leather and seeing how it was used, all that became very interesting. And I was given this opportunity to have this sewing machine. I don't know anything about sewing leather, but I know how to sew a bit. I know a little bit about sewing machines and I love leather. So I'm going to try just to do some uh, stitching just to (laughs) see what happens. Um, And I think it's because, you know, writing is my thing, but hmm, I really love that idea of working with the hands. I think there's honor in that. And I think that that's what people are, That's at core why people like what you both are doing and are in awe of it. And, and quite frankly, I think they see it as magic that you have been just, you're able to wave this wand and this wonderful, this wonderful (laughs) work comes out and they that's beyond what they can do. So, they think that it must be magic or (laughs) um, something special. You got special juice there. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that's something to be aware of because if, if there is that gift um, of how you, how your voice gets form, then I think we, each of us has um, the, responsibility to share it a bit
2: when i when i teach my classes cindy they they're all looking at me the beginning statements and you know and they they got that deer in the headlight look and they're here and i said y'all here for the magic potion you're here for the wand wave it over the top of them (laughs) here you go you're good now you can go home right (laughs) And, and when you tell them it's not magic, it's, it's, it's blood, sweat, and tears in the most enjoyable way that you can imagine. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's work, but it is, uh, I hate the word talent. It took a long time to get here and talent is just being hard headed and having an interest. That's, that's what talent is. Uh, Cause we all start out at the same spot, but you're absolutely right. They look at it like it's magic. It's not, it's not magic at all. No. I, I, I prove it doesn't take intelligence or strength to do this, you know, I mean, it's It's just go at it.
1: Well, but Wilson, it's it's doing it day. I agree Mm -hmm. with you totally. It's doing it. um, I don't want to say day after day after day because that sounds so boring, but in a way, it's thrilling to see when you look back the progress that you've made in daily, in, in that daily working at what your art is. And what, what your craft is and how you do that. Um,
2: It is day after day though. It is the, the key ingredient to getting good at it though is improving day after day. If you have 20 years, you can either have 20 years of experience or 20 years of the same experience. Those are totally two different things, you know? So some people, reached a level, uh, two months into the, into the process. And that's where they stayed and where other people are, mm-hmm. are constantly 25, 30, 40 years later going, that's not good enough. I need to improve.
1: Exactly. And,
2: and exactly. everybody's got their place. I'm not here to dog on those that have 20 years of the same experience. They're happy. They probably have a, an order book full of things to accomplish. So good on them. Right. That, that's not me. It's not Carrie, Right. Carrie. But right. It's okay. Right.
0: So we've all heard the, the uh, <clears throat> common phrase that variety is the spice of life. And uh, mm-hmm. years ago, I had a cousin who uh, was a buckaroo and, and uh, quite a thinker and stuff. And he says, that's really not true. He said, improvement is the spice of life. And I've thought about that often. And, and mm-hmm. the reality is that the is the studies are in, that the energy yep. magic, I guess, to borrow a word that we're using here in this conversation. I don't know what the right word is, but the, that energy happens right on the edge of your abilities. Now we've <clears> talked <throat> about this before, and so what? Hap- you're you're reaching a little further than what you did before, and that doesn't matter what right. what where your ability level is as long as you're reaching a little beyond your abilities and what's happened with wilson and i and and i think you too cindy and many other people is that we've learned to cultivate that dynamic right at the edge of your ability and it has so much to do it's all interconnected with our mind our hands and and all of that kind of stuff the knowledge and the and the the dexterity, the, the physical skills required to advance our skills. I think that's, that's all so innate in every person. It's just that it seems to be more of a, more of a thing in some than others. Does that make mm-hmm. sense?
1: It, it does. And it, it's interesting. I've noticed, I, I've been working at this thing of helping artists with their business of art for a number of years um and i one thing i've noticed is the growth of the people who are who have been exposed to what what i'm trying to get them to see and Mm. and and i think what they do the difference between the ones who who make it and i put that in quote marks Mm. and the ones who give up Is that the ones who um, succeed are the ones who day after day after day, they go into their studio, they go into their workspace, um, and they do their work, not as a job, but as their work, which has meaning, what they found meaning in. Because I think that's what differentiates their job from their work. Um, a job might be a task that you do and get done with, but the work is what you do day after day. And, 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 and within your work, there may be days where you have tasks to do that you don't especially care for. But doing everything that your work encompasses um, a little bit every day, I have seen such incredible progress. Um, in how people develop in getting their voice into a physical format and, and that is seen in work, like what both of you do and others like you in your group, there's that tremendous, um, power of the beauty of what is created,
2: so, do you see, uh like, from a business standpoint, and you talk about folks going into their studio or shop and and uh, working, uh, is it a um, is that a problem? And the, the, like, is production a problem business wise for a lot of creative types? Is, is actually getting in there and working, and or is it from a business side business standpoint, thinking in a business mind, uh, what's preventing them from being quote unquote successful? Is it production or is it the value and brand marketing and branding and things like that?
1: Um, Well, you have to have your, there's a lot of stuff out there. Let me start it that way. There's a lot of stuff. And so there's a lot of competition. So Mm -hmm. what you do has to have visible, um, emotional it has to have all that packaging that you're talking about wilson it really does Mm -hmm. because you may have to explain a little bit um, Mm -hmm. to really clarify why it's special to people who don't know as we started out at the beginning it's sort of like a circular thing they feed each other Um, but but if you're going to move um your what you make Um, the product of your voice into a bigger audience, I think you really do need to have the, the accoutrement, all the side things, all the little doodads of, of, of marketing. You have to have that attaching to your product because your brand becomes the shortcut of how people, um, can look at a saddle or look at a pair of spurs and say, ah, that's the mm-hmm. Kerry Short saddle. That's mm-hmm. um, a Wilson Capron um, mm-hmm. pair of spurs. I can tell it because of how it's done or some way that he does it differently. Sure. Um, it's not just a pair of spurs. Right. So the brand helps you carry it forward so that you it's a time saver in a way. So even though it may take a long time to create that shortcut, um, the I think that shortcut of branding is really important in today's world. So that people get to know you and know that you're to be trusted. That this is your, this is something you have done with your hands and with your heart. And with your head, um, it carries all of that. It's the whole package, yep. so to speak.
2: No, for sure. So then, Carrie knows this. I've been beating the drum for recently, for the last recent couple of years, and and talking a lot about struggles that I'm having um, with the perceived value of some of my work, and and I've done started doing some videos and things, Cindy, where it tells the store, somebody else's story of why they've gone down that road of purchasing high-end pieces from me and what it's done for them. And, and uh, I always thought forever that if I just got really good with my bits and spurs and my metalwork that it would sell itself. And it does sell itself but in order to reach the high-end market and the high-end levels of what I'm trying to accomplish to fulfill that itch I have of creating something very special and stretching my creativity every day was taking more and more time. So then it's a higher and higher value that I have to obtain from it. Um, that all has started to come from the marketing and branding. And I'm seeing the results of that recently that, it was kind of heartbreaking at first because I thought, man, if I just get good, I can become more of an introvert and stay in my shop and just make this stuff. And that is not the case. It is not, it's, it's, it's actually opposite of that. I'm doing more and more the marketing and branding and less of being in my shop. And uh, that's turning around, but yes, I, 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 I totally agree. It's the whole enchilada. If you're not doing it, it's not going to work.
1: Well, and, and, and let me add this Wilson. Because there's the depth of the bench, you have yeah. to worry about the depth of the bench. If yeah. you're if you're talking about really being attached to what you do, and at, it sounds like you may be at the point where you might want to take on a couple of apprentices or a, an apprentice <laughs> uh, for starters. And I'm sure you you've already done this because. Mm-hmm. It's important that we help people understand um, how we do it so that wow. it can be carried on to the next step. And, and I think that that then becomes a way we can maybe manage what you're talking about. Um, wow. But I don't think we can step away from um, – we can't allow fear of that to – um, hold us back. Um, I think we have to just kept keep stepping forward. I'm a, I'm a forward kind of, I keep looking forward to what, you know, lies say long after I'm here or you're here. Um, what, what will stand, um, in what we do. And I think that's what's why it's so important in this, era that we do those of us who do create in some fashion something we need to be sure that that's carried on you know it may be that we make a special kind of biscuit Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: we have a special secret for cooking the biscuits and that needs to be passed on um, or that little secret won't won't follow
2: through either well shorty I'm, I'm gonna let you talk i promise but i got one little thing to say here you hit something <laughs> very very special cindy <laughs> i got i
0: got a question And he you knows about- go ahead
2: okay well you see in the background there you see eli adrian there's cindy there's eli eli came to work for me may 1st and and uh i have fought that for I have fought that for years, and I didn't want anybody to work for me. And Carrie and I, through time journaling and some of the things you started to maybe have heard about, that I was like, "Why am I doing all this stuff that I don't need to be doing?" <laughs> and and like uh, Frank Sinatra saying, he didn't, he played the piano. He didn't move the piano. He just played it. And there was so much of that in my life that was going on. And you talked about the numbers earlier. And so I was teaching and the more people I taught, the better it was. I have to tell you, I'm thoroughly enjoying only having Eli in my shop and teaching him and truly teaching him all aspects and being able to dig deep. And I don't have to do it in four days. I have as long as I can keep him here um, in my shop working. And so I truly can make a difference in his in his career, hopefully. And and he is doing way wonders for me. So Carrie, uh, I have I have thirty-six hours after two three days of work this week because of Eli in my shop. How about that? Right? That Holy is cow. fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm jealous. <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> so I am I am way happy having Eli in my shop. And Eli's a, a special individual that is a self starter, not somebody I'm having to pump. He's here rocking and rolling, going at it. So uh, there's there's blessings to that, too. But what's your question, Schwartzy? Well, uh, you were talking
0: there a moment ago. I think all of this kind of integrated into, into one. I think it's kind of hard to tease out one topic from another of our conversation here. But do you think there's a direct correlation between your ability to articulate your your message and the advancement of your career, do you think there's a, yeah, you've been doing a lot more of that lately. You've been out Mm -hmm. in front of crowds, you've been making presentations and what's happened of course, when you do it once, you get asked Mm -hmm. again and again and again, Mm -hmm. do you think that's, that's made a difference in your business out there and, and that perceived value Mm and all of that?
2: Without question. So, created a brand right and and uh and and that's what's happened the last couple of years is is a is the workshop Wednesdays where it started right lorinda said you have to start doing videos and i said why you know and and then she told me after the first one you're a dork embrace your dorkness be a dork let the people know you're a dork go out there and go at it be yourself and so mm-hmm. that simplified things so much for me that i could just be myself i could be the babble mouth and and if you can listen long enough we'll figure out somewhere in the middle of all that babble what I'm trying to articulate <laughs> and uh, i think it's done wonders right and and part of it is longevity but the other part of it is getting out there and uh, and articulating it for sure and and uh, yeah i think there's a direct direct correlation there for sure
0: that's a tall order for, for an introvert to get outside that shell, but I said it before a number of times, is uh, I think we as introverts tend to overthink the challenge of meeting people where they're at. I know that there's a lot to be said about telling our story and so on and so forth, but if but if, if we just listen to people and ask thoughtful questions, the opportunity will avail itself for us to tell that story. Mm. Uh, I've seen that over and over yeah. and over and over again.
2: Yeah, it's 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 crazy how they just keep just keep coming up. And once everybody figures out that you can do it and have a little personality, I don't care what your personality is, just share it, right? Whether it's dry, mm-hmm. whether it's doesn't matter. Just be you. But once, once the world starts to understand that you can share that with folks and you're not bashful about it, have a little confidence, (laughs) the phone will start ringing, right? And, and, uh, and it's a pain in the butt. Sometimes it's not a short term. It's not a short term. uh, um, The short term isn't real good, right? Is the time out of the shop, it, it suffers that month. But, but I can tell you in a short time, Two years into me doing some of this stuff, it has made a huge difference in my in my order book and the people coming in, and it's created all kinds of new complexities of how the hell am I going to manage the new demand that I created?
1: And uh, I, I think that one of the things that you're talking about right there, Wilson and and Carrie, I think you're you're getting at the whole thing of <laughs> just do it. A little step at a time um, that 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 you may not be able to get a huge return like the next day or the Mm -hmm. next month or the next year. But if you keep at it, it will in it will uh, begin to show um, in ways that you may not have planned initially um, mm. Your your plan may be slightly different, and that's okay. Mm. You know, plans can change. That's, that's mutable. It's just important to have some idea or have a vision of where you'd like to be and work towards that in, in a steady way. Um, I, I really think that that kind of movement is what helps people. Take that first step if they know it's not going to be the forever step and the only step. Um, You can do do things that you might not have done two years ago. You can begin to do them and see that you feel comfortable with them. And the same is true with speaking in in public. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't try to speak to a, a crowd of 500 right off the bat you know, start by, can you go out and talk one-on-one to a shopkeeper or to a gallery or to a museum? You know, what kind of opportunities might they have for a person who does fine craft or fine art? It doesn't matter which you, you do. Um, but what can you do to help somebody else learn more about what you do? And yeah. it may be teaching a class. It may be talk, taking on an apprentice. It may be talking to someone at a show um, uh, of reaching out and maybe going to an opening in a small museum and looking at what they have and maybe suggesting I have, I have twenty pieces of leather work that I could put out there for a solo show in your museum if you'd like to do it for um, four or five weeks. Um, we we might be able to work out something. Um, mm. That's completely within the wheelhouse of what can be possible, but you can't try, expect of yourself that you won't get rejected. In fact, I just was listening to someone um, on before we got on who had written a book, her first book, A Stewardess, and um, about a, a mystery of what happened to the people in a plane that sunk with people in it. <laughs> and she had 41 rejections. Hmm. And 41 rejections could get you down, but that's why you have a support group to sort of, um, you can whine and cry on their shoulder, and they'll give you the, you know, you go for it, keep going. And that's important for anyone who's creating, is to have some kind of a support group that provides that kind of encouragement. And um, it it may not be what guides your work, but it's what provides um, the reminder. Let me put it that way: yeah. of where you want to be. Um, I think that's I think that's an important thing.
2: Totally agree, Cindy.
0: Uh, one of the one of the uh, things that I remember the most about your presentation, however many years that, ago that was, now. It, and i I called you later on and and we talked about it a little bit, and that is this attitude of abundance and and in your book you talk about the mentality of abundance same thing but uh it was shortly after that i I rolled that out for wilson and and he leaped at that and mm-hmm. uh and is that not what we are describing here today, and that is an attitude, attitude of abundance, that attitude moving forward with, with a deep well, with confidence. Mm-hmm. And the, the more I think about that, I just love that phrase, an attitude mm-hmm. of abundance. Isn't that a lot of what we're talking about? An attitude of possibilities of think. It's another way of saying thinking positively. Can you unpack that that mm-hmm. concept a little bit more for us?
1: Um, well, okay. Let me put it this way: uh, an art an entrepreneur is a combination of of art and entrepreneurship. Just a word shoved together, and it might seem really simple, but in a way, it's not. And it's what you were talking about earlier about the tension that sometimes comes from having to work on your business and not be working on your art and vice versa. Mm -hmm. An entrepreneur, basically, if we go back to that word, what, what that word, that word was coined, uh, started to be used in the 1800s. And it was the person who put together the entertainment. They were the entertainment manager and they were called an entrepreneur because um, they were the ones who reached out and took the risk. And so if you think about creating, in a way, that's where entrepreneurship and creating are very similar, because they're both, as you mentioned, seeing the possibilities. and that, But then you not only see the possibilities, but you take the risk of, of using those possibilities. So for example, a real simple example. Um, every, every ranch and you know, this has the hardware store in the back 40 and mm. the hardware store is, uh, might be vehicles that are, have been, uh, abandoned. They're no longer used. The hardware store can have all kinds of items in it that you can go and then see the way of using things in a different way. So um, let me give another, make the example even more specific. Um, we had a hinge break in in one of the stalls in our barn when I was a kid. And w- my dad and I went digging around and there weren't any spare hinges anywhere for some reason. He didn't have an extra. And so he took a chunk of really heavy leather of of. Uh, off of some old piece of, of harness or something that he had hanging around, and he cut it and nailed part to the post and part to the to the gate and You know what he had a hinge to get by until we could go to town till we were in town. It was on the list, and we could buy a hinge, mm-hmm. so that is a really simple example of seeing the possibility in a material and then applying it to another use. And that's exactly what creating does in a way. Um, we're making that connection. We're seeing the possibility. So we look at a piece of leather or we look at a piece of silver and we begin to imagine what it would hold, what it it contains in it that we can bring out its best characteristic Um, so it's seeing the possibilities and i and i think you're right and then seeing how that becomes meaningful in what we channel into it and that sounds real kind of you know (laughs) squishy but that's what it is It, it we make that connection between the possibility and the reality
2: I, I I look at the business side of it the exact same way, you know, the mm-hmm. the value of my work and how I can. Um, it's it's not just what it can sell for, but managing and operating a a successful business is what is possible here. Exact same that, thing. It,
1: yeah, that's exactly right, Wilson. That's that's why there's such a similarity between artists and business. You know, yes, you both work hard. You know, artists and a businessman, they both work mm-hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. um it's it's a tough life (laughs) you you don't it's a lot of responsibility and and you know you keep drawing the similarities and and it's there but basically what you're doing is you're making what you see reality and it's so true um whether it's in the business on the business side or in the art side they they're not fighting necessarily they're both working it's like a in a way, it's like a track. It's like a train track. Mm -hmm. Um, You have um, one track that's the art, that's the creating. You have another track that's the business that's creating. And the Mm -hmm. two tracks, you can't just have two tracks laid out and hope that they do what you want the tracks to do. They've got the train track has to be Tied together with the ties, and sure. the ties are what help to stabilize it. And that's the information flowing back and forth between the art and the and the and the business. And I think that's healthy. Um, it's not necessarily that the business is pushing um, or informing what's created. It's that they're working together, and that kind of partnership. Um, I think makes the strength for the business of art, and that's what you're doing. It's the business mm-hmm. of of creating beauty, um, and function, and that's what. Maybe that's why I think um, folk and traditional art is so very special, because you have that double edge that you have to pay attention to. It's not just the beauty, but it's also the function.
2: Totally agree. Totally, the better I am at one, the more I get to do of the other. Vice, <laughs> I mean, that's the way I look at it.
0: You just nailed the, Short. another one of those very memorable times in the workshop that I attended there years ago. Um, Years—I don't know how many years. What has it been? Five, six years, maybe something huh? like that. Not so long ago. Anyway, you you, you described those two tracks. It's a symbiotic relationship. And on the one hand, the way I remember it, as you just articulated, is kind of the, the business profitability side of things. The other side is the creative, productive side of things. And one feeds the other. Mm-hmm. And getting back to that word abundance, when you have an abundant profitability sector of your business, that that side of your business, it helps free you up. To be be generous with yourself, with that creative, productive side of things. The more productive you are, the more creative you are, that feeds the the profitability side of the equation. And one, it is a total and complete symbiotic relationship. That's what you just described.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things I tell... I I say over and over again, is the idea of the three R's. There's um, return on investment, which is important. How are you going to handle the return on in both the time investment and the money investment that you're making? That's all very important. I understand that. But there's also relevance and there's relationships. You build a business One relationship at a time. That's a stable business. I'm talking about the stability of a business in a way Mm -hmm. that, that it's ongoing. One relationship at a time. And you do that with the third R, which is relevance. And relevance is helping people see how that piece fits in their life. How that piece can become relevant to them. And and I think that kind of exchange is really important, and it sort of completes the circle, because that's how your your work, uh, you begin to see your work with maybe more value, and when you see you and treat your work with more value, you look at the how you're how you're paying yourself, you look at how you're taking time to interact with people, um, all that plays into it.
0: Yes, yes. Good stuff here, Willie.
2: Yes, lots of stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's almost too much to take in at once, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Well, Well, I mean, what episode are we on, Carrie? And we seem to be talking business every dang time. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. We've been doing a 15th. We've done this. Is our 15th episode. 15. This is number is. 15. Wow.
1: Oh, that's a nice I, round number. Time flies. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we just, <laughs> yeah. We just surpassed, I think we're up on, I think, 4,200 downloads, something like that. So, Cool. Yeah, okay. I, I By talking means, about but. your
1: episode in a way. By talking about your episodes, you're proving my point about how things accrue. Mm-hmm. It's a, a it's a di- it's a direct point of how things accrue, because you didn't stand flat footed one day and said, "Oh, you, you know, you maybe had the idea you're going to do the podcast, but you maybe didn't imagine you'd have thousands listening." Mm-hmm. To this it you maybe thought, well, if we get a couple hundred, that'd be a good start and and look at what's happened with what you're doing this every week, what that brings, and it not only brings information to people but it helps people it helps to reinforce the whole idea of the possibilities and and how things can become possible. And if they're possible, I can really put in the effort to try to do it. And that's really important.
2: And sometimes you don't know if it's possible, but the fun part is, is seeing if it happens, <laughs> right? I mean, and honestly, that's the way I feel with the podcast. Gary said, come on, Willie. I'm like, no, it's a terrible idea. Here we are, right? <laughs> <laughs> We well
0: are. one of the one of the big motivators was uh, just talking to one another on a regular basis kind of checking in uh, mm-hmm. a regular systematic support group kind of a situation mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. thought well if we're going to do mm-hmm. that why don't we just record it and uh, yeah. so mm-hmm. the truth is and I think I can speak for Wilson on this as well as is, is that this is for us individually has been. I wanted to say life-changing, but I think it has been in in a number of ways, which is at 60-something years of age, that's kind of cool to turn a wow. page and, and learn more about what it is I'm trying to do, find more meaning in what I'm trying to do, make more sense. There's more coherence, I think that's an important word, I think. When we are telling our narrative. The clarity clarity. is
1: important. And I think you have to take the time to do it. Um, Because that commitment of we're going to do this every week Mm -hmm. and you have a schedule, that is really, really important because it becomes um, part of your exercise. It becomes part of your practice. You know, Mm -hmm. it's called the practice of art. Well, it's called that for a reason, and this is part of your practice is to help each other to have this podcast, to to exchange information, and the way you're doing it is helping other people understand how they can do the same thing. It's what I tell all the MAP students is to be sure that they have a buddy that they check in with, and the buddy keeps them um, on track.
2: Well, and I, and I really hope out of this podcast and, and me and Carrie exposed part of the, part of my motive of doing this podcast was people to get to know me, right. Part of the branding of who I am and, and to know, um, I, I, I want to be a liked individual. I want to be approachable. Um, I want to be really good at what I'm doing and known for that, but also, uh, that's not the most important part is being a good guy and, and being known is important. Well, this podcast has allowed that. And I hope that it in, provides encouragement because, um, for others to join into this race. And, and I, as a TCA member, preserving and promoting the discipline of bit and spur making, um, I, I, that is very important to me as an individual and as a member of the group. And, and so the more people that can jump on and say, you know what, this is a scary ride and we're liable to need to put a helmet on, but I think I can do it right. Is I want people <laughs> to know that they can do it and, uh, and we can get there And this and that's probably why Cindy is so important to talk to you and Mike Morgan and all the people we've talked to about business and articulation and, and uh, communication is, is you can do it, right? I mean, you, I, I've told the story multiple times on the podcast. I was the only one in kindergarten. There were nine people in the school. People were not my friend. I did not want to talk to anybody. I was scared of death of everybody right and 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 now here i am stick me in front of a thousand people and i'm gonna motor mouth along right doesn't bother me it'll bother me of course but i can do it i can make it through it and um okay. and so i hope this podcast allows that so thank you for
1: giving yeah, me a credit for
2: carry credibility <laughs> <laughs> well
0: we we're, we'll wrap this up here cindy and we thank you very much for this special time. We've got to, uh, and, and I, I think I, uh, <clears throat> I can safely say that we've only scratched the surface of this subject. You have a 300 and some page book that I've had in my possession for some time, and I've actually not gone through it here. Full disclosure. I haven't gone through it page by page. Well, I am now, and, uh, I'm about a third of the way through it. <laughs> So there's a lot more information and and uh so just to, to bait the hook here for any future visits we have, um what what uh, Dr. Kittredge offers in this book is uh is basically we're all after a pursuit of clients, quality, efficiency, pricing, and in this book is the most mm-hmm. comprehensive uh, dissertation, I guess, of, of, of a, uh, a map of, of how do you get there? How do you get there? It's easy to theorize about these things, but you actually put flesh on those bones in this book. And which brings up the question, is this book available? Um, I'm not sure. It's not been, it's not on Amazon. I know that. So it's, what's the story?
1: Right. Um, it, it's tied with the map classes but um i'm in the process of of doing a revision of of doing some work on it updating it it has to be updated about every 2 years i've found and so mm-hmm. i'm doing i'm in the process of updating it and when it that is updated then it will be available um in a different in a different format yeah
0: cool good deal well i'm i'm very happy to hear that because it it is the best book, the best resource that I found out there, and it pretty much takes a person from a flat-footed start to get up and going, get up and get to work and get it done. So, so,
2: Anyhow, so with your map classes, what, it, it, What Schorzy? Go ahead. Pardon me. So, so with your map classes, is, uh, individuals are attending these map classes. Can anybody do that? Tell us a little bit about your your classes.
1: Um, there are classes offered. There, there are workshops um, offered in person. I have coaches in three states now, uh, Montana, Idaho, and Alaska. <laughs> um, there's um, a MAP class going on right now, um, a series of four workshops. It comes to about 54 hours of, of time invested in Learning, you know, that's sitting and being with other people and Mm. being put on the spot. And that time is then um, there's four sessions um, and there's currently this workshop going on in Pocatello. And they're now talking about having the next workshop uh, be somewhere in northern Idaho. Um, That's for Idaho. There are workshops in Montana. Um, And if I find enough people in a spot, um, we figure out a way to do a series of workshops that way, too. Um, And I have broken it apart to try to do it electronically. um, But there's something about people getting together um, physically Mm -hmm. that makes the difference. So
0: um,
1: we're trying to figure out that. How to weave that hybrid needle, so to speak. Um, so,
2: yeah, what's enough people? You say if we get enough people together, what's a number like that? So, if there's somebody listening, that's very interested, they can get a group uh, of people together. Maybe,
1: yeah, they could get if they can get together, say, ten or twelve people, mm-hmm. we can usually figure out some way to get workshops to them, um, and it involves an investment in in from the people. Um, there's a tuition charge of um, it will vary from state to state depending on who's handling and helping out. We like mm-hmm. to find a group that can do it. In Carrie's case, the day long workshop that I did um, that was handled through the Idaho Commission for the Arts, and um, they're the ones who brought that workshop to to Idaho. And that then in turn um, the fuller program was then brought to idaho and that has been going on now for seven years six years seven years in idaho Hmm.
0: perfect that's some good stuff in there that's for sure i'm i'm gonna i'm making notes in the margins all of that kind of stuff in this book that i have here and and we'll follow up with another visit, because this
1: has I'd been a delight. Absolutely. It has been a joy to talk to you both. It really has been. It's so grounding. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, thank you. You'll, thank you, we Mel. We need to ask you to hang on, Cindy, for just a moment or two till we finish our upload. Okay. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody.